The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. I'm Juno, and I am excited to be here with you this morning to, and to share a, a word from the Lord uh, with you. But I am obviously wearing red today, so we'll do some very informal uh, voting here. How many of you think I'm wearing red as a way to honor the Cardinals for the incredible season they had? Okay. How many of you think I'm wearing red to be a subconscious reminder to the men that Valentine's Day is coming up on Saturday? And how many of you are thinking I'm wearing red because this was a Christmas sweater from my wife and daughter and I'm wearing it to say how good a taste they have? That's the right one there, folks. (laughs) And depending on who you are will depend on how I answer that question. Uh, But again, uh, uh, it really is a Christmas sweater, and I had to wait till it got cold enough to wear it. And uh, it's one of those days. And so I'm thrilled that it's February, the first week in February, that it finally got cold uh, to wear a sweater. But in thinking of the Cardinals, no doubt, I'm sure this week they have been Uh, replaying, rewinding, thinking through, looking back over what happened a week ago today. Now, I'm sure for those of you who are arm, back, chair, quarterbacks, whatever they're called, you can tell them what happened. You know precisely when in that second quarter or that fourth quarter or whatever quarter it was that you're thinking, why, how, no way. You probably lost your voice in some of, that, uh, some of that excitement. But I know there, it's obvious, and we've read the, the sports reports, that you know, they're, they're thinking things through, and they should. Because we don't want a, just another miracle, but we'd love it that if in another time they were in the Super Bowl and they learned from their mistakes, they went back and they assessed the situation so they can come out as, as uh, victors in that. And it's not just in the world of the sports that uh, people are looking back. But obviously in this past several months and in the season of our world and our economy, everybody appears to be doing some assessing, some looking back, trying to figure out how in the world did we get here and how can we and what should we do to make sure this spiral down, uh, downturn doesn't continue to happen. We've read the headlines about uh, CEOs embezzling millions and millions of I mean, dollars. And I'm thinking, how can they even spend that much money? But somehow they have. Uh, I don't think I'm judging them. I'm just try- trying to understand them. It's where how can all that money be, be going? Uh, we hear of, of corporate payoffs. Right before people got their, uh, their buyout by the government, you know, CEOs or executives in, in companies are getting huge payoffs. And then even this week, we heard again uh, that a particular bank, and I don't have the whole story, and if you work for that bank, I'm sorry, but a particular bank sent a undisclosed list of people to the Super Bowl, and not just to the Super Bowl, but to all those lavish parties, and spent 10 million dollars of the bailout money. Now, I'm sure they're taking a very close look, and so are a few other people, as to what is going on. 
and even in our, again, in our own lives, we also take a look back and evaluate what's going on. And if, folks, it's not just in the world economy because it all trickles down someplace to our, our state government, then our local governments, then to the companies that are laying off people, and then to you and me who get laid off and are right-sized out. Then that affects what comes into our pocketbook, which then, uh, then affects what we spend. So many of us in this room, I know, are looking at uh, the basics, going back to the basics, trying to remember and trying to think through what matters most in life. Our book, our subject matter of the fruit brings us back to the basics. If you've been to a wedding, if you've been to a funeral, that also takes you back to the basics. How many people at a wedding, uh, if you're not married, maybe it was just me thinking, boy, one of these days it'll be me getting married. And I know I'm a guy, but I thought that until my mid-30s uh, when I got married. Uh, or how many of you have been at a wedding and you're thinking, oh, I thought this was Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright and it's not. Or it's just a mess and you're hearing all these love songs and you're hearing the pastor talk about love is this and love is that and you are refraining from nailing the person sitting next to you because uh, you've just had a, a horrible week or month with them. Uh, in fact, yesterday, my wife and I were in Mesa uh, visiting with a couple that we met online. Now, that sounds a little weird. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really weird. But uh, uh, some friends from Michigan connected them to us because of my wife's own health journey and struggles with cancer at times. And so for, I think it's been five years, we've been communicating with them uh, mostly through emails about encouraging them, some alternative medicine stuff, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so we met with them. They were in town. They really, they were in Mexico doing some stuff. And so we met with them in Mesa. And again, this lady uh, has done several years of going back to the basics, thinking through what matters most in life. And she shared with us how she was just thrilled uh, and thankful when her, her uh, six-year-old just went off to kindergarten this year. And it wasn't the fact that her little girl was leaving that she was so thankful, but it was the fact that she was alive and well to witness that. And for each of us here, I know uh, when we enter into those moments of, of a crisis, uh, when our world is, is shook, we go back to the basics because we really have nothing else left to do but to think back and to, and to think through what matters most in life. And again, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Part of it is going back to the basics. Paul, the man who wrote Galatians, sums up the fruit, in the, and we saw it in the video, the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5 when he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. And Paul is, is doing his very best to help stop a trend going on among the churches back then. Not just one church. In fact, Paul often, well, in fact, if you look at the Bible, uh, you, know, you read who wrote this to who, often it's uh, a writer, 
of, of that particular book to a church of, uh, a group of people. But Paul has dived into it and said it's not just to one church, but he is sending a, a, a letter to a group of people. Now, we'd call that, he'd probably be sending out a, a group email. Some of you have probably gotten some of those from me or from the church. A distribution list uh, because it was so prevalent and he needed to stop what was going on. And the issue was is that not only were people going back to the basics saying you needed to believe in Jesus, but they had a bunch of hoops people that they said people needed to jump through in order to believe. In order to be calling themselves a follower of Christ, they had a bunch of hoops in addition to uh, going back to who just Jesus was and believing in him. And let me just take a, a side note on that. You know, it's interesting that, that that was occurring back when the Old Testament was written. It is occurring today. And it really occurred back in, in, the, in the 1800s, uh, late 1800s. And, and that part of that happening in the 1800s is really the formation of the movement that uh, we are a part of here at Mountain Park. I don't know if every, every of you, everybody knows this, but we're part of a movement called the Church of God. Started back in the 1800s because the churches then were just like to each other. And no, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to wear this, you got to not smoke this or not drink this. I mean, all kinds of stuff was going on. You can fill in the blanks with anything else that you think is appropriate. And so rather than just be at with each other, a bunch of churches got together and said, let's just be, let's just base our church on God's word and, on the, and be called the church of God. And so let's base it on the basics. Believing in loving Jesus and let Jesus worry about those other things and not, make, and not have all these hoops that people need to, to jump through just to be a part of a faith community. And so that's who we are. Now, is it messy at times? Yes. Uh, is, it, is it freeing at times? Without a doubt. And let me tell you, as one of you, uh, I'm not your newest pastor anymore. Sal, our family pastor, people keep in a... Uh, uh, confusing me for him. But anyway, Sal's our family pastor. I'm the pastor of discipleship. But let me tell you, as a pastor of discipleship, I am thrilled to be a part of a community that doesn't try to put people and our faith in a box, but says, let's go back to the basics. Let's help people grow in their faith so that out of their faith, they're going to go and change the world. It's a very healthy place. Uh, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean we're, it's a perfect place. It says, some of you get to know me, you're going to say, eh, not perfect. And I'm okay with that. Uh, we're not a perfect church, but we're a healthy church. And uh, just know that, again, as we start to unfold and live out even more of the vision and the mission of who we are, I think you're going to appreciate that difference. And we're not trying to put you in a box, but we're trying to blow that box right out of here and let you follow what God has gifted you to do. And that's what Paul was doing when he wrote this book. Paul nails it in the second chapter when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in that flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I, remember, I memorized that verse uh, 40 years ago. Uh, so, But you know what? what as, I, as I was preparing for today, I realized the end of that verse, which is key to Paul and key to us as we live out our faith. And Paul continues, I do, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. We have to go back to the basics. And we did that this morning as we celebrated communion. 
Now, for some of you who showed up late, next time show up a little early and you'll be able to celebrate that with us if we do it in the beginning of the service like we did. But we celebrated communion as a reminder of the death, the resurrection of, of Jesus, of his love for us. You know, there was nothing magical in the bread or in the juice, but it was just a tangible reminder of the ultimate sacrifice, going back to the very basics. And so, as again, we look at this, this chapter, the, uh, the, book of Gal- uh, the whole book of Galatians, it's going back to the basics. Not a bunch of hoops we need to jump, but going back to what we celebrated this morning, uh, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In the book of John, we read uh, these words that remind us a little bit more about this whole thing of the fruit and the vine. And some of you may, may, may recognize these words. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, a a great reminder of that connection. Not the connection with a bunch of do's and don'ts, a hoops to jump through, and a list of this is what's going to make me a good Christian, but being connected to the person of Jesus Christ. That's what, again, Paul is centering this on and his biggest concern in this book. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is the outward expression of of Christ dwelling within us. Some of it's the it's confusing, and I'm going to walk through this a little bit more. It's the you know chicken or the egg. What comes first? You know, what comes first? The things that we do, which are good, or that our life in Christ, which produces us to do things that are good. We will run ourselves into the ground. We will become workaholics, churchaholics, doersaholics, anything else you you want to call it. Uh, aim to please, people pleaser. If everything we do is just based on trying to win the approval or trying to do another check-off in my list of goody-two-shoe things to do because I love Jesus. So we're going back to the basics. Paul takes us back to, I have been crucified with Christ. It's not I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. That is what drives the fruit in each of us. Uh, another term and understanding of that word fruit could also be harvest. Back in the Greek, it's karmos, or I could say anything I want and you wouldn't know. But anyway, it's, uh, it's back in the Greek, and it means harvest. Uh, and so that helps me to even understand, that reminds me that uh, this, this is a harvest, meaning it takes some time, meaning it just doesn't pop, here it is, I'm Mr. Love, I'm Mr. Joy, I'm Mr. Peace, but that it's a, it, it is a process and it is a journey. And so keep that in mind as, as we, over the next several weeks, talk about uh, this fruit of the Spirit. And, and uh, let me say this. It's so critical that we draw that distinction of, uh, of doing things, winning God's love by the things we do, versus giving our life to Him. Folks, that is a, uh, that is a trap that some cults get into. That is a trap uh, many people will get into uh, from different walks of life to think I have to do a bunch of stuff versus it's all been done for me at the cross. 
And again, we, we celebrated that this morning. I have found that the, close, that the more I am in line with who God wants me to be versus what somebody else wants me to be, the more that I can, uh, I can, can live out without, uh, without just exhaustion. Uh, the, the verse from John, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this you will know that, that by this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Again, it's, it's going back to, to who we are and who we are in Jesus. And again, uh, a great author, Henry Nowen, puts it this way. The full power of the word lies not in how you apply it to your life after you've heard it, but in how it transforming power does its divine work in you as you listen. But how its transforming power does its divine work in you as you listen. It's not about me. It's about God's Spirit working in me. Now, uh, another way to, to look at these fruits is to, to, I have found helpful, is to put the God's God, the word, the name of God, in front of each of the fruits. It reminds me, again, of, of whose they are. So the, the harvest of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, God's love, God's joy, God's peace, God's patience, God's kindness, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's gentleness, God's self-control. Against such there is no law. Meaning, everything else that we do does not supersede what God is doing in us. It paints th- these, these few words, these couple, ch- couple verses, paints a great uh, picture of who we are as a follower of Christ. Now, it's not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination, but it paints a picture of, of what, a, what health looks like. I want to try to, to, to explain that even a, even a little bit, little bit further, uh, the difference between uh, being connected to the vine, being led by the Spirit, we just last week put a new computer in the lobby at the information counter to help people connect with a small group, hint, hint, uh, to help people to look at our website and figure out, oh, if you click here, it takes you to this. So it's been there for a couple of weeks. Last week I tried to, to, to log into it, and it did not go well. I'm texting a guy, Dave, saying, hey, what's our login? What's our password? He's giving me all these options, and I'm trying everything. Eh. Eh, nothing works. You go try your own. I, by that point, I'm so frazzled, I can't even tell you my own login or password or whatever they are. And it's interesting that we can have this very nice flat screen monitor, cool, cordless, uh, wi- no, wireless, is that the term I think now? Wireless mouse and a wireless keypad. And we can have a very fast and huge gigabytes, megabytes, tower, or whatever that thing is. But if it's not connected, it's of no value. And, and to put that in, in probably more pastoral language, if it's not connected, it's not living up to its potential as to why we have this, this tool. So then, in your own lives, if it's not 
if you're not connected to who Jesus is, then you're not living up to your potential of how he's wired you and gifted you. The fruits come from your faith in him. It's not something that, that I come up with. One more illustration is uh, any good, not any good parent, any parent. I probably have said this line, and I think probably most of the kids have probably heard this line, and it goes something like this. Money doesn't grow on trees. Two weeks ago, we get a late-night phone call, and I'm wondering who's calling so late. It's my wonderful nephew who is at Michigan playing golf, and, you know, he's a college kid, so there is no time in the college kid's life. You know, no, no, no awareness of how really how late, late it is. It all is blurry. So this phone rings very late. Hey, Uncle Juno, you know, can I come out and visit with you and Aunt Bonnie? It's like, sure, he loves us, you know. We're his cool aunt and uncle. And, uh, and it comes out, he really wants to play golf. You know, Michigan, freezing, sub-zero. I mean, it's been a horrible winter. He wants to come out for, for a weekend. Next day, his mom calls up and says, Hey, Matthew called, and I told him, Money doesn't grow on trees. And she added this line, And if it did, I'd plant an orchard. Meaning, from the money folks, it's got to come from someplace. You just don't pull it out of thin air. Kids, remember that. It just doesn't come. It's, it's something that has to come from someplace. Our fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, comes from someplace, and it's not us. And for some of us, that's a paradigm shift. That's a change in our wavelength. It's a different way to look at what this thing is called our Christian faith. It comes from our connection to the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about love a little bit here. And I hope you, you understand again that fine line, that's not what we do, it's but whose we are. Uh, love is a very interesting word. It's like, you know, you've heard the expression like nailing jello to a wall or like picking it up off the floor when it drops. It's, it's pretty messy. Valentine's Day is Saturday. And personally, I don't think I have an issue with Valentine's Day, but I just don't like it. You know, it goes against everything Paul just said. Because if I loved my wife, it should come natural. And I should give her these things. And I shouldn't have to be told by Hallmark that it's February 14th and that we got these great little cards. In fact, we got a whole slew of cards. And, then, and not even just that at the Hallmark shop, but there's all kinds of other heart stuff to express your love to somebody uh, who's special to you. And then I just heard that it just froze in, in Florida and so they can't find all the, the ferns to sell the flowers. It's a lar- one of the largest flower-selling days in the country. And then they said, well, guys, just give chocolate. You, know, you don't need the flowers. But, but love is just a, a unique situation. And then even for us, let's be realistic. If you're just beginning a relationship with somebody, Valentine's Day gets a little weird. It's like, ooh, what do I give him? What do I give her? Am I going over the top? Is she going to think too much about this? Or is he going to think too much? Is this too generic? Uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody that's a dud, uh, and we'll just say that he's somebody you're dating, not somebody you're married to, even though at times we can be duds, but let's just say you're dating a dud, you're trying to avoid this guy or this gal. But now it's Valentine's Day. What are you going to do? Give her some black roses? Eh. 
You know, and then on the very serious side, what happens if, if you've been in an absolutely horrific marriage situation, an abusive situation, or that you've just buried the love of your life? Now there's Valentine's Day. And what do we do with that? And so I just think it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult day. And my wife tells me, that still doesn't get me off the hook. <laughs> you can be pastoral, you can be sensitive to others. It's not about you, it's about her. Uh, and she was in the first service and I shared that. But let me say this. So in a small group, we had this discussion. And it's so nice when you can have discussions with other people and you hear what they're thinking and your spouse hears what they're thinking. And so it's not, it's my fault. I didn't say it. He said it. And, and they sort of like agree on some of this. And anyway, so here's my takeaway from our small group meeting with a discussion on Valentine's Day. Guys, equal opportunity does not exist on February 14th. opportunity. Guys, no matter what she says, oh, you don't have to. I know you love me. Don't believe her. She wants something. So uh, just pretend you do, but don't believe her. And finally, for those of you who are who have gone through and read the book about the five love languages by, by Gary Chapman, you know that for somebody to feel loved by somebody else, uh, it really depends on their personality, how they're made up, and all kinds of other uh, dynamics that go into place of that. But words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch are, are uh, the five main ways that people feel loved and cared for. Well, they're f- I'm going to be careful here. February 14th, if you've had one or two of those love languages in your life, guys, on February 14th, Every one of them rise to the top. We're doomed. So all I'm saying is that you have a whole week to prepare every one of those ways to show that significant other in your life that you care about her. And don't get bent on shape if nothing comes back to you because it really is all about her. Uh, But going back to that, because love is an interesting virtue. It's an interesting characteristic of our life. Again, Paul mentions it at the beginning of his whole list. It's mentioned as a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Love and then the whole list. It's singular, meaning we can't just pick and choose. It's like one big fruit basket, uh, fruit salad, and it's all mixed in together. Love, joy, peace, patience. And as a believer, if we're rooted in the right place, then these will come out as they're supposed to. And it doesn't give us an excuse not to be caring, but it just reminds us that God is in control of those fruits. What I've done here, you know what, for the last uh, several months, I've been sending out emails. Well, those in staff say I send out way too many emails, but I send out a lot of emails. So back in November, I sent out an e- some, a lot of emails to uh, some people I knew enough, men, that I knew them enough would be honest with me. And so I taught, and I asked about Love. Well, 
I really said it was caring because some men get a little weird with the word love. So they can understand caring. And so I said, how do you give care and how do you receive care from your buddies? Again, that just sounds a little bit more easier to digest than how do you give love and receive love from your male friends, you know. Uh, so, but here's what it is. I talked to and emailed CEOs, uh, corporate directors, project managers, engineers, accountants, HR executives, people across the board that live extraordinarily successful lives. And I asked them that question. And I thought it was pretty interesting, the responses I received and I continue to receive. Because by me just opening up that little door, opened up all kinds of dialogue and discussions about that subject. And I think, guys, you know, we've been sold, we've been uh, sold a, a, a bill of goods or, or women, I think maybe you have, because maybe it's just that I know these men and they've been brutally honest with me. But, you know, men like to be cared for as well. They like to be showed love, shown love. In fact, they went through, they didn't tell me it was, oh, my love language is this. Uh, but they went through, th through areas of their life where they feel loved and affirmed by, by, by their friends, by their male, male friends. And it's interesting, the words of affirmation, even men need to hear good job or thanks or way to go. Quality time just hanging out. Again, we don't have to talk much, but we just hang out together. Uh, they like to be invited. I am amazed at how many, get, how many men said, I want to be called. You know, you're talking people, I mean, six figures. And what, I mean, just for some of you, that's not a lot. Uh, for me, that's a lot. Uh, people, with, people who are living off their bonuses, put it that way. They don't even need their salaries. They're living off their bonuses are saying they want to be pursued. They want to be in relationship uh, with other men. Men that know them, men that appreciate them, men that can help them take their next step in faith. Now, none of this was the pastors. I excluded all, all of us uh, people from, from, from that email. You know, and then uh, receiving gifts, going out to lunch, a game, a book, a CD, gift cards to movies, red vine licorice. Oh, that was mine. Uh, you know, acts of service, uh, helping out with a project around the house, with the car, with the computer, uh, physical touch, you know, hugs, shaking hands, just being present. Then as I obviously uh, overlap this with the rest of my ministry, it is obvious, folks, and it doesn't take a pastor, a rocket scientist, an author of a book to say that all of us as God's creation need to give and to receive love. It isn't just a woman's thing. It's for all of us. But it gets a little weird because, you know why? Some of us try to do it out of our own self and say, oh, maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that or I don't know what to do here and uh, this is a guy, so even though his wife is just in the hospital, do I call him and see how he's doing? And even though he just got let go of his job, do I call him and say, that stinks? Maybe some other things you say to him. Uh, but how can I support you? Versus, I am fully convinced, the more as the body of Christ, we are founded in who we are, going back to the basics. 
of who we are, the more we slow down our pace and, and be focused that, you know, I am a child of the King. Jesus loves me. And I will grow into that. Then I know how to love people in a whole different way. I don't have to be second-guessing my stuff, my, my, my thoughts and what I'm going to be doing. That's interesting here. Again, uh, I love to garden. So, you know, one of your pastors wear re- wears red, and I'm okay with that in my masculinity, and I'm okay to admit that I like to garden, flower garden. And I also like Neil Diamond, but you know that anyway. But uh, I have this whole thing of petunias, and a guy can say petunias, green leaf, flower that comes off the top, guys, about that big. And it is solid green. It, it's about this big. It looks wonderful. Velvety green leaves. But there is, well, because I fertilized last week, there wasn't a flower on it a week ago. It doesn't mean the plant has no value. It doesn't mean it's worthless. <coughs> it's an indicator. No fruit is an indicator that something's wrong deep down. And so I suspect that at times, every, all of us, we're on a journey. We're going to go through seasons of life when it's, it's, we're not producing fruit. It's an indication, not that you're worthless, folks, because you are valued here. You are valued in God's eyes. We love you. It's a sign that something needs to change. For me, it's fertilizer, watering, too much, too little, the wrong fertilizer. I don't know what, but something needs to change to produce a fruit. And you're an adult. We'll partner with you to help figure that out, but something needs to change. And you heard uh, several weeks ago, Alan, give us a short series called uh, about our vision and our mission, and we introduced the term the Sanawats. Sanawat. So now what? So now what do I do with my life? For some reason, I'm in a place where I'm not producing fruit. It doesn't take my spouse, it doesn't take a good friend, it doesn't take an intervention to tell me that something is wrong in my walk with God. So, so now what? So, Dave, you know, let's throw up those, those so now what's. And again, folks, let me emphasize, these are not a checklist. Doing these things won't win, won't have God love you anymore. It won't get you a ticket to heaven. These so now what's are, are opportunities for you to look at who you are and your faith. And so now what? To do, what can I do now to become closer to God so that the, fruits, the fruit of the Spirit will grow from me. So, you can, so, so now what? Ask questions. Put yourself in a place where you can ask questions. Sound your, sound, surround yourself with people you can ask questions to. Be there. I mean, how many of you were here last week for the baptism service? I mean, we had an incredible service here. Seven extra people who weren't scheduled, didn't go through the little class thing, uh, decided they wanted to be baptized. But you had to be here to experience that as a community. You need to connect with God on a regular basis. You need to do life together. That's the small group element, which is easier said than done. Sort of like saving money. You need to extend beyond yourself. You need to engage, <coughs> excuse me, engage in a conversation with people so that you can take them to a different place in their life where they can, uh, uh, can be all that God's designed them to be. You need to be freely giving. And in fact, 27 people have signed up for our Crown uh, Financial Freedom Workshop because they realize it's more about uh, uh, the money issues uh, also dealt with your spiritual issues. And so they're going to dive into that over the next few weeks. 
and finally getting in the game. And let me share with you some of the great things that are happening by getting in the game. A small group has, has, has been passionate about creating a new welcoming corner where people can actually talk with somebody and touch hands with them and talk about uh, Mountain Park. Another, one, another guy wants to uh, start computer repairs for people from Mountain Park. Another guy wants to help guys write letters of affirmation to their spouses and to their kids and to their parents to help uh, give that blessing to them. Another guy wants to do uh, some small groups for men to help them to be a better husband. Uh, from the movie Fireproof and the Dare thing, it's a 40-day process. Uh, uh, somebody else wants to uh, help lead a, uh, an, eating, an eating disorders group. Uh, somebody else wants to, to help lead a workshop that takes people from, from places of hurt to places of healing. And then today we have 75 people coming back from, from Rocky Point, weekend missions, who have stepped out of their comfort zone and got in the game to allow God to use them in ways that it's never going to happen here in Ahwatukee. Now, we didn't design that. We didn't plan that. Uh, all I'm saying is that you had to be in a good place to where God can use you and that fruit can grow. And so, for yourself... You need to answer, so now what? So now what? What are you going to do so that you can be at a place where we can see God, where you can experience God's fruit from you? Growing, changing the world, and what you live. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Uh, thank you for loving us. Thank you for for what you did on the cross for us, your sacrifice, for your resurrection from the dead. And that is what we place our hope in. So forgive us at times for being a little too legalistic. Forgive us at times for, for, for basing too much on what we do versus on, on who we are. Help us as, as your body of believers to focus on you, to focus our life on you so that as we grow in love with you, you will help us to love others so that by our love, the world may know you and come to know you. In your name I pray, amen.